This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Yagerbo here with John Beeler. We've got a pretty cool show today. Uh, later on, we will be chatting with Brian Jackson from Infotech Research Group uh, all about the Liberals' election promises uh, around uh, tech and specifically lowering cell phone bills. I'm excited to see how they're going to do that. I'm a little skeptical. I am too, but uh, Brian Jackson's got the goods on that. We'll also be talking uh, with one of our uh, creative uh, folks here uh, at uh, the App Show, behind the scenes. Uh, Her name's Laura Denton. We'll be talking about Poshmark. You might have seen ads for this. This is kind of the Craigslist, but cooler and better for fashion. Yes. Yes. So if you've got some uh, clothes, whether it's from H&M or... Uh, Harry Rosen or Holt Renfrew, you can actually post them online for sale. I have uh, a few shirts sitting in my closet that still have tags on them, and this would be uh, a great app to to sell them. They don't have to be like brand new. They can be gently used as well. That's right. But the nice thing about this app is it, it takes away a lot of the the hassle factor that something like Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace has. Yes. But, and Laura will share why. Okay, let's uh, get into some of the app news this week. Uh, A lot of people use apps to track fitness uh, with their devices, whether that's uh, an Apple Watch through the Apple Health app uh, or Fitbit and their their Fitbit app. Well, this is big news. Google has uh, reached out to purchase Fitbit for over $2 billion. That's just a crazy amount of money. Yeah, so why, why do you think this is significant? You know, Fitbit is probably synonymous with uh, health trackers, uh, fitness trackers out there, but they're really up against a lot of competition right now. Apple has uh, really dominated the market with the Apple Watch, uh, but it's only available for people that have an iPhone. So if you want some sort of health tracking device, uh, you have to be on an iPhone to use the Apple Watch. If not, you gotta get a Fitbit or one of the other competitors. That's right. and. It was interesting because a little bit earlier this year, uh, during Google I.O., there was a lot of rumors around a Pixel watch to sort of be a competitor for the Apple Watch. And they canceled that project uh, or or it just never came came about because they were planning to buy Fitbit, which makes sense to buy the next biggest competitor in that space. So what is this going to mean, do you think? I mean, Google, they make the Android operating system that uh, pretty well all the other phones in the market use besides Apple. Uh, they've been trying to come up with their own wearable operating system, Wear OS, uh, and they tried to push that to the Samsungs and LGs to use in their uh, smart watches, but most of them aren't using that anymore. It's classic Android fragmentation, right? Like it's, they're just trying to find the best approach for the largest subset of users that they have. And acquiring Fitbit makes a lot of sense because it's a really well-established uh, platform that is pretty... Uh, agnostic to the smartphone side of the equation. Yeah, you can have an iPhone, you can have an Android phone, and it'll just work. Right. So that's potentially a much larger audience that they're going to have the ability to sort of maybe entice to get them to an Android phone at some point. Um, But at least they're going to have to be able to maintain uh, a certain level of quality that those users that don't have any preconceived notions on either Android or iOS side, uh, because they're not necessarily tied to that operating system or, or that those platforms. So it'd be really interesting to see what Google does with this. In the past, and we've talked about this many times, Google has a habit of acquiring stuff and kind of really making it confusing. <laughs> so yeah. my, my first joke when I saw the, the, the acquisition was the fact that, you know, 
is this going to be fit nest? Yeah. Emphasis on the the nest. nest. Yeah. The nest home, uh, smart home technology company that they own. That's right. Yeah. Well, Amazon acquired ring and they sort of left it alone. Whereas Google keeps changing how they're referring to nest and its products, whether it's powered by Google, you know, Google nest, nest by Google, you know, all these different, you brought up Ring. So Ring is uh, the smart video doorbell. They've got smart lights and cameras for your home. Uh, Amazon acquired them uh, a couple of years ago, and they have thrived since then. Because, like you said, I think Amazon has just kind of stepped out of the way, obviously given them the money, the capital to expand their product offering. And I think it's one of the, the best ecosystems out there now for home automation and, and security. Yeah, and, and again, it's... It's platform uh, agnostic as well. Yes. It works on both platforms and actually lots of platforms. Uh, so it's it's really interesting to see what's going to happen with that and whether Google will continue to allow Fitbit to be available to iPhone users as well. Do you think that they'll license out the Fitbit platform to other manufacturers so Samsung could build uh, some type of wearable with Fitbit technology in it it would make sense to consolidate those other fragmented uh wearables and have one uniform platform to go against the juggernaut which is apple yeah um whether google does that or not i guess we'll have to wait and see well speaking of apple uh this week saw the launch of apple tv plus the latest streaming channel in the streaming wars so you know a lot of us probably use netflix uh some of us use crave tv Amazon Prime Video has really uh, picked up uh, Steam as well. I, I actually watch Amazon Prime Video quite a bit. And now Apple wants to get into the game as well. You know, if you looked at their earnings report uh, uh, for the last quarter, a huge chunk of their revenue came from the services side, which this would be part of. And I think that's a strategy for them, you know, as certain divisions like the iPhone division, you know, their sales have dropped they're trying to make it up in the services side iCloud Apple TV plus etc etc Apple Arcade Apple Arcade uh, so Apple TV plus I think six bucks six bucks a month yes uh, it's free if you've purchased any of the more recent uh, hardware options like you, a, a new, new iPhone, iPhone or new iPad iPad um, and even apparently it works with refurbished devices that you were to buy anything you buy directly from Apple basically or um, activate them you know in this month you'll get a one-year free subscription to it Uh, like you said it's $5.99 a month but it's also if you don't have any of those devices you can get it for a year for uh, $59.99 so you save a little bit of money so 60 bucks for 12 months yeah that's not bad no no assuming there's anything you want to spend that much money on have you looked at the lineup? Yes. There's the morning show with Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell. Uh, there's also the uh, C? C with uh, Jason Momoa. Looks interesting. Uh, also, there's a revisionist history one, uh, alternate history for all mankind uh, from the guys that made Battlestar Galactica. Which actually looks, it's probably the one. It's the one that I want to yeah, see. Yeah. Yeah. But do you think there's enough content on there to get people to switch? Or are they just trying to lure them in with the free year buying an Apple product and six bucks a month is pretty cheap? I think that's what the pace is going to be is they're going to just get a lot of subscribers, uh, free subscribers, get them kind of hooked on some of this content and then start actually adding a lot more deeper content. They're going to start buying up other properties probably as well. So, you know, you'll get some of your your old favorites possibly on there as well. I don't know if it's going to be completely 100% brand new Apple content on there, Um, but they're going to have to fill it out somehow to make it worth people's while 
if they don't have an Apple device. I'm interested to see how this all shakes out in the next five years. So in in a few weeks, Disney Plus streaming channel will be launching as well. I think it's eight ninety nine a month. The big draw there obviously is the extensive Disney catalog of shows uh, and movies and also the new Star Wars series. Live action. Yes. Uh, a lot of people, I think, are just going to get the channel for that. I mean, that is the uh, the draw. Yeah. So, but again, John, we've talked about this a, a bunch of times on the program. There are, are a lot of streaming channels coming down the pipe here. Well, and HBO Max is launching in Canada under the Crave brand as well. Yes. And they're going to have a lot of properties uh, that you're not going to find anywhere else. Didn't they buy Friends? They bought Friends, yeah. And also uh, South Park. Yeah. <laughs> Forget how much they paid for South Park. It was insane like obscene yeah so you're gonna have all these different streaming channels tv tv cable tv is gonna look like a good deal soon yeah well (laughs) i was gonna say that the cord cutters are gonna be reconnecting those cords yeah so but think start adding it up like netflix what is that now 15 bucks a month apple tv six you've got crave tv that's 20 bucks uh you got the disney streaming channel what's gonna happen to like abc nbc I mean, CBS has come out with their all-access uh, streaming well, when channel. You, when you look at someone like Apple, who has extremely deep Scrooge McDuck kind of pockets, why wouldn't they buy one of those networks? Oh, that's a good point. Just just for the back catalog. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because ABC, NBC, CBS, they've got huge back catalogs. Decades of, of content. Yeah. Yeah. That would only make sense. Yeah. I mean, CBS, uh, they're trying to go on their their new star trek show and they also have the new star trek picard right show yeah so i've they've got the star trek guys locked down but still it's a lot it's gonna yeah. be it'll be interesting to see how long all of these streaming services survive before we start seeing some con- consolidation how, who's going to consolidate though like disney's not going to maybe they'll buy yeah start buying other properties but netflix still the you know, the gorilla, the big gorilla out there. Yeah, they've got the the most uh, lead time of anybody yeah. in doing this and figuring out all the ins and outs of the existing licensing issues that they have, which is maybe a reason why Apple wouldn't buy an ABC or CBS because of all the strings attached to all the older properties as far as uh, rights and uh, royalties and all that type of stuff. Okay, we've got uh, a lot more to talk about on the app show today. If you've got some clothing that you want to sell, but Obviously, Craigslist is not the best place and the Facebook marketplace is kind of weird. There's a great new app called Poshmark. We'll tell you all about that. Plus, will the liberals keep their election promise of lowering our cell phone bills by 25%? I'm fascinated to find out. We'll be talking with Brian Jackson later in the show. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here in studio today. Uh, Let's talk about apps that help you sell stuff. I think one of the big ones for me would either be like Kijiji, eBay, or Craigslist. Well, there's actually specialized apps that help you hone in on the target uh, market that you're going after. One that we want to talk about on this program today is one called Poshmark for selling, I guess, higher-end clothing uh in the studio with us we've uh, got one of our uh, creative geniuses that works with us uh here on the app show and uh, at blink our production company her name is laura denton thanks for coming on in thanks for having me uh again uh we have forced one of our employees to come on the, on the show to to talk but uh, i don't feel bad about it no no it's fine yes and this is a really cool app and she like 
this all came out of the fact that Laura was super excited. She came into the office because she had sold something on this app. And like I was prompting her, like, tell us more. This sounds like something we should talk about on the radio. Other people probably have the same problem that they want to solve. So tell us about the app Poshmark, because I'd never heard of it before. I came across this awesome app is my new favorite thing. Yeah. And actually, it's not just for high end clothing. It's for H&M to Chanel. Okay. So it's fast fashion. It's for new clothing. It's for gently used clothing. Okay. So it is a great fashion and home, I see. I haven't explored the home division. Yeah, so furniture? I saw home. Yeah, okay. But I've really explored the fashion side. Yeah. So you sell your things in your closet with tags still on them, which I'm sure every girl can relate to. Yeah. Uh, Shoes that haven't been worn before or gently worn. Maybe you've used them a couple times. Yes. So it's dedicated to fashion versus some of the other apps that are more wide. Yeah. So it has an interface similar to Instagram, so it's really easy to navigate. Most people are super comfortable with it. Um, You have a home page, which is your virtual closet that you set up. You take pictures of your clothes, and you describe them and set a price. And then on the feed is where you see your offerings and other people's offerings. And so have you tried selling your clothes online before? I've tried selling my clothes online before on Facebook Marketplace, and and that has a dedicated fashion channel. Okay. But I find that the audience, the community is very rude, very flighty, <laughs> very... Cheap. You know, they have to show up at your house, and then they don't show up, or they change their mind, and it's a million messages, and you get nowhere. Yeah. So Poshmark has really streamlined it. Okay, so if you put up a sweater on there mm-hmm. and someone buys it, how do you get it to them? So that's the best part that I love is that then Poshmark sends you a shipping label. All you have to do is put your item in a bag or a box, put the shipping label on it and drop it off at the post office. So you don't have to see these people? No. And you love that. I love that. <laughs> well, it's done in your own time, so it yeah. makes it really easy and it's just that shipping label being done, you don't even have to print anything. That is cool. So when, when the person gets the thing, do they rate the experience? They do. So the steps are set up your closet and then you price it. And Poshmark takes 20% okay. of the price, which is reasonable because if you bring your clothes to a consignment store, they take about half. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So that's really great. Then you get the shipping label, you mail it out, the person receives it. If it comes in a good form, they accept, and that's when your money transaction is approved. Oh, they, they have to approve it. They approve it. So yeah. to make sure that you're sending the item and it's in the condition that you promised. Yeah. And, uh, and then your money goes into your Poshmark bank account, and then you can direct deposit it. So, okay, so if I'm selling the sweater and mm-hmm. someone buys it, I get the shipping label, I put it in a box, and I ship it on over to them, and they open it up, and what if they just keep it and never say that they like it. Well, they're set up in the account and there it's tracking on your UPS shipping la- or your shipping label okay. as well. So if they if they decide not to pay you, does Poshmark force them to pay? I think so. That's yeah. all set up like it's all set up when you have set up your account. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it you you said any kind of clo- clothing, not like just expensive stuff, but you said H&M stuff as well. Yeah, I've put some Lululemon stuff up there. I've put a couple Zara things. And I went a little crazy last weekend, 
closet clean out, but in a week I've already sold two things, three things, and I've made a couple hundred dollars. That's kind of cool because uh, my wife, uh, Alana, if you're listening, uh, I don't know how she has all this clothes, but <laughs> I swear to God, every month or so, you know, when the diabetes people phone and saying, hey, you got anything for pickup? There's like garbage bags full of clothing that she just basically puts out on the curb for them to pick up. She could be making money. This is it. Sorry, diabetes. <laughs> I'm taking away from your <laughs> well, I made fundraising. A, yeah, I made a pile that would be great for donations. Yeah. And then I made another pile that's a little better. Yeah. That especially is, with, is worth the effort. Yeah. Especially with stuff that maybe you bought and you've had a change, in a, a change of mind and you've never actually worn it. Still has all the tags on yeah. it. A brand I, new sweater from Barney's that I bought in New York that had the tag on it. It's a little better that it's worth trying to see if you can sell it. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I actually really have great. some clothes in my closet there that have go. tags on it. There's a it men's not. division. Yeah. There's a kids division. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's a I, great new addition. It's been in the States for about eight years. Oh, wow. Okay. And it's just come to Canada in the summer. Poshmark. Yeah. And Poshmark. Poshmark. And you can find it. You can download it for free on Apple or Google. I love it. Thanks for uh, letting us force you to come on the show. <laughs> I, know, I know you weren't so excited. It's fine, about, you'll pay me back. Yes, I will. Obviously, I'm paying you too much because you have too many clothes to sell online. That's, or maybe not enough, you're selling your clothes. That's true. Yes. <laughs> that was Laura Denton, uh, one of our uh, creative geniuses uh, here at uh, the company. When we come back from the break, more apps to talk about here on the App Show. Stay tuned. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here in studio today still have lots to talk about. Will the Liberals keep their election promise and lower all of our cell phone bills by 25%? Oh, I want to see it. We'll be talking with Brian Jackson from Infotech Research Group in a little bit. But we've got a few more things to go through. Before we get to our Hot 5, let's learn something about our iPhones. iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. What do we got this week, John? Well, this week uh, we have another iOS 13 tip, and it's related to charging your phone and how you shouldn't charge your phone to 100% all the time. There's actually a new optimized battery health option in your settings that allows you to basically have the iPhone sort of learn your routine in, in the morning before you wake up, uh, if you, especially if you use your iPhone as your alarm clock, uh, it'll charge your phone up to 80% during the night and then finish the job just as you wake up so that you're not trickle charging your phone after uh, after it's fully charged, which actually can reduce its battery health. Well, it's kind of like my Tesla. They recommend not charging it to 100%. They actually have a setting where you can take it down to like 80%. Yeah, so if you turn on the under the settings, battery, battery health, there's an optimized battery charging option and it will do, it'll learn your routine and keep your battery at 80% until just before you wake up. Very, very cool. Save your battery on your new iPhone. The weekly app, Hot 5. This week, we've got the Hot 5 video editing mobile apps. So uh, our smartphones are super powerful now when it comes to taking video. Uh, many of them can shoot in 4K. Some can shoot at 60 frames per second. It's amazing, the quality. But how nice is it to be able to actually edit in your mobile device? Number five, John, we've got Adobe Premiere Rush. 
So this is available for Android and iOS. There's a free trial, but it's $10 a month after the trial. It's designed to help you quickly edit videos. Adobe Rush is much more approachable than other apps in the Adobe video editing software suite, like Premiere Pro and After Effects. Drag and drop videos to your timeline, mix background music, and add motion graphic templates using a simple, intuitive interface that's optimized for touchscreens. Once your masterpiece is ready, you can easily upload it to your favorite social media platform or save it to the cloud. Number four, this is kind of an interesting one. It's called Horizon Camera, and it's available for Android and iOS. There's a free version. Of course, there's some in-app purchases to get the most out of it. But this is great for capturing horizontal video no matter what position your phone is in. With this particular app, it's the perfect solution for anyone who struggles to keep their smartphone level when capturing video. So even when you hold it in portrait mode, like how you'd be holding it while you're just kind of looking at it, uh, with this particular video app, you can actually still shoot in horizontal video. Very cool. Which is kind of cool. Number three, we've got Splice, John. It's for iOS. And it's free. And it's one of the most popular free video editing options for iOS users. Splice lets you splice different videos together in just a few taps. You can trim, edit, and customize transitions with this app. And you can add music from a large built-in library. Well, I love that kind of app because uh, a lot of people get intimidated trying to edit video together because they have to learn, you know, the whole timeline thing with putting the different video clips, uh, you know, together. So Splice makes it super easy. Absolutely. So number two is Quick. It's for Android and iOS. It's free. Quick is another free option that's ideal for quick edits. It's designed to speed up the editing process by performing some tasks automatically. Quick will search your videos for great moments. So it automatically finds those. Hopefully it's got the same ones I'm thinking of. It uh, then trims and edits the clips for you. It might not be ideal if you prefer to have greater control over your edits, but it's perfect for beginners looking for a no fuss solution. Number one. This week, John, we've got LumaFusion for iOS. Yes, this is a $40 app. So this is something if you're looking for professional grade video editing, LumaFusion is for you. This app was designed with mobile journalists, filmmakers, and producers in mind, allowing them to c capture and edit video right on their iOS devices. The app's interface is similar to Final Cut Pro, and there are a range of pro-grade features like keyframing, color correction, audio mixing, and 4K Ultra HD support, which is pretty cool. The app even supports vertical video, a feature that social media video stars will appreciate. That was the hot five uh, selection of video editing apps. Uh, you take a lot of video with your your iPhone. Any tips for the uh, the users out there? Um, that's a good question. Uh, make sure you have lots of free storage. <laughs> yeah. 4K video takes up a lot. It's, it, that's the big thing. Is yeah. uh, it's it's really uh, a huge memory eater. Um, one of the nice things about the new iOS 13 is you can actually now uh, automatically or not automatically, you can actually change your video resolution right from the video capture screen. Oh. So you can tap on it. So if you see that you're shooting 4K and you don't really think you're going to need 4K, switch it down to 1080p or, or a lesser quality. Uh, it'll save a lot of your uh, st memory storage. Um, but if you want the highest possible quality, shoot it in 4K. Just Bear in mind that, you know, not all laptops can even support playing back 4K properly. Yeah. So uh, only use 4K if you know you're going to need it for YouTube or some other purpose. Uh, but I, if you're shooting Facebook videos. Oh, yeah. yeah. You don't need 4K. No, you don't need 4K. I mean, it'll look great. It'll look great for sure. Yeah. Until Facebook mangles it when you yes. upload it. Yeah. So save the space. On save there. the space. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't have a lot of room on their uh, their devices. That's right. For, for that. 
definitely. Yeah. Um, but it's still good enough to shoot some high quality video. I know you use the Osmo mobile a yeah, lot. Yeah. But the nice thing about having it on your phone, and if you have a later model iPhone, um, they all have pretty decent image stabilization built in. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, unless you're running upstairs at full speed, you're going to have a fairly shake free video nowadays. Love it. Okay. We're going to have to take another break, but. When we come back, we'll be talking with Brian Jackson. He's from Infotech Research Group uh, here in Canada. And we'll be discussing the liberals who won the election, kind of, minority governments, uh, and their pledge to lower our cell phone bills by 25%, which I'm fascinated to see how they're going to do to public companies. Yes. Brian Jackson will be uh, giving us the lowdown on that. And of course, later on, we'll have our game app of the week and John's app pick of the week as well. You're listening to the app show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the app show. Mike and John here in studio today. Let's talk about politics. <laughs> Everybody tunes out. Yeah. Oh, we've lost the audience. Uh, no, I wanted to chat about it because we now have a new liberal minority government. And if you remember, John, during the election, I think most of these uh, parties were promising all sorts of things to do with technology. Lower cell phone bills, I think, would be the big one. That was the most consistent one message we heard. And who doesn't want a lower cell phone bill? Uh, I want to talk about it further with uh, our good friend Brian Jackson. He is on the line. He's with uh, Infotech Research Group. It's all about the research. I keep hearing that. Yes. Uh, thanks for joining us, Brian. Thanks for having me. Uh, Brian. I wanted to bring you on the line. Uh, as always, uh, you've got some great insights into these things. What does it mean now that the liberals are in, but they've got a minority government? What are we going to see as far as technology is concerned? Yeah, so the first thing we have to look at is the change from a liberal majority government to a liberal minority government, right? And what might that mean for their policy implications in the future? And I think that uh, the conventional thinking is that the NDP is the most likely party to sort of support the government and uh, uphold their policies over the next few years, at least maybe two or three years, this minority government could last. And when you look at their technology policies, there's actually a lot of overlap in terms of things they both want to do and say they want to do to improve uh, the consumer experience of technology in Canada. So I have to ask this, Brian, they, the liberals, I, th I think they promised like a 25% cut in your cell phone bill. And yeah. who doesn't want to have a, a, a cheaper cell phone bill? But I, you know, when I heard that during the election, I'm like, what kind of crap is that? Like, how can a government come into a, uh, a company, let's say it was McDonald's, and say, you know what, if I'm elected, Big Macs are going to be 50 cents. They're not going to be three or four dollars anymore. I'm going to get the price down to 50 cents. Like, how can a government come in and say to the telecoms, hey, uh, we're going to cut the cell phone bills by 25 percent? How does that work, Brian? Yeah, it's interesting to see how they'll do it. You're right. That's the policy platform the liberals put forward was a reduction of 25 percent in your phone bill. And the NDP also said that they would lower phone bills for uh, Canadians. So I. You know, the history of this, until now, the government strategy at the federal level, under both the conservative government and the liberal government that we've had over the past 10 years, was to create more competition to reduce cell phone bills. So, you know, this is how we got, like, Win Mobile, which is now Freedom Mobile, 
right? Uh, this idea that, that we would have a fourth national carrier and that by having more competition, everybody would be forced to compete on price and uh, everybody would save money. So we had we did get a little bit more of competition, but it didn't really convert into the types of savings that the federal government was hoping for. Canadians are still paying some of the highest rates of cell phone bills in the OECD countries. So now they're just sort of looking to get more aggressive about price manipulation. <laughs> it looks like, I mean, basically, there it seems like they might be preparing some sort of price cap on how much your cell phone bill could cost you, and even intervening to say that uh, there might be a necessary offering of some sort of basic cellular plan you know like we got the basic cable package in the television world in the past four years well now you're going to see like that version of the basic cell plan where you pay twenty dollars a month and you get a certain amount of service i don't know you know i think for it to work you got to look at some of the other uh things that are involved with pricing cell phone plans right canada it's a big country so obviously, you know, the infrastructure for setting up these uh, cellular networks, I would imagine is more expensive. We got mountains and vast stretches of wasteland that they've got to cover. But then also we've got some of the higher uh, spectrum pricing uh, in the world as well, from what I understand. So uh, every few years, the government releases new spectrum for uh, auction that the cell carriers bid on so that they can get those airwaves so they can send the cellular and data signals. And so is the government going to cut down on the price of that? Or are they going to give some of that money back to the telecoms? These telecoms are public companies. That's that's going to tank their stock price if the government suddenly in, introduces legislation that, you know, limits how much they can charge for cell phone bills. And you've got to keep in mind, too, like a lot of pension plans have these stocks in in them. So that's going to tank some of these <laughs> these pension plans. You know, there's so many variables. So, you know, have have they given any details on how they would do that? No, there's no details on how they plan to do it. That's <laughs> the question that we'll all be waiting to have answered in the months ahead. And I think that's what he, is even more perplexing about this is it really raises questions about what role does the CRC, CRTC play in all of this? You know, the, the federal government has a regulatory body that's supposed to stand separate from po political policy to uh, determine what's right for the telecom industry to be doing in terms of pricing and consumer rights. And um, if the federal government says that they're willing to just come in and put price caps on things, then how does the CRTC really say that it has the uh, credibility and the authority to continue to govern that space effectively? It sort of makes you wonder what the long-term plans are for that regulatory body in the eyes of the liberals. Okay, so I'm going to ask you guys here your opinion. Uh, I think the liberals, from what I remember, they promised a 25% cut in your mm -hmm. cell phone bill. No no specifics or anything. Do you think that they'll be able to accomplish that in four years? No. <laughs> Brian? Yeah. They, they promised to do it in two years. Okay. And I will also predict no. I, I don't think it'll happen. I think it's going to be one of those promises that they won't feel so bad about breaking or not living up to because there'll be some other big thing that they will deliver that will distract us from our cell phone bills. Yeah, well. I think that they'll introduce a subsidized plan for... Um, 
an affordable cell phone plan that they subsidize with the carriers for people that have low income. And they'll yeah. point to that and they'll say that was the, what we were talking about. Yeah, that that, seem, that seems realistic. And whereas Mike and I and you, Brian, we're not going to see 25% off the top. No, no, we're not. I, I can guarantee you that we're, we're not going to see that because yeah. there's so many other factors. Now they're going to roll out 5G networks. Yeah. That's not cheap. You know what I mean? Unless the government pays for it. The government's not going to pay for it. <laughs> They're not. And, you know, it's funny. You talked about the cable, uh, you know, the, the basic cable, you know, how the government came in and said you have to offer. How much is it? Do you remember? 25 bucks? 25 bucks. That was going to happen anyway because of technology. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the how cable we- bills were already coming down because streaming like Netflix and stuff were basically eating the cable company's lunch. Yeah. So I... I'm betting if there is any price reduction, it's going to be because of some, you know, technology factor. Yeah. Not the government's brave hand. <laughs> but they're going to take credit for that. Just like Al Gore created the internet. He did create the internet. Brian, I, I want to thank you for joining us as always. Thanks for having me. That was Brian Jackson from Infotech Research Group. It's all about the research. When we come back from the break, more apps to talk about here on the App Show. Stay tuned. You are back with the app show, Mike and John here. Don't forget to hit our website at getconnectedmedia.com. We've got our podcast up there, the video podcast. You can actually see us live in video for better, for worse. We also have our Get Connected radio show uh, podcast available there as well, along with uh, many other videos, how-tos, tips and tricks, all that, and more product reviews as well. So let's uh, talk about a couple more apps. Before we get to John's pick of the week, the game app of the week this week is Pocket City, and this is a great little game for Sim City lovers. It's available for Android and iOS. It's only four bucks, which I don't mind. If you are familiar with Sim City, you'll you'll really like Pocket City. In fact, Pocket City can be described as a light version of Sim City. As mayor, you build up your uh, town while managing crime, traffic, and education, and they've done a great job of making it easy to build up uh, your your town or city right on a small mobile device screen as well. Very cool. John, what is your uh, pick of the week? So this week we've got Flash Food. This is for Android and iOS, and it's free. Save money on groceries and reduce waste with the Flash Food app. This app was created in partnership with Loblaws, the people behind Real Canadian Superstore, to give shoppers access to deep discounts on items nearing their best before date. To take advantage of these discounts, browse the deals within the app, purchase items you want through the app, and then pick them up at the participating grocery store near you. I love this. Because so much food goes to waste. So, you know, having a grocery store actually get on top of this uh, makes a lot of sense. And it gets uh, consumers some great deals, too. That's right. Yeah. Although I wonder about stockpiling this stuff. It's just about to go. (laughs) (laughs) Could be interesting. And again, it's called Flash Food, uh, available for Android uh, and iOS users. And it's free. That's all the time we have left. That went by quickly. Again, hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We'd love to see you there to check out all our podcasts. This is Mike and John signing off for the App Show. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.